Good morning. It's Thursday, the 8th of February, and this is Govind Raja Ethiraj broadcasting from Mumbai, India's financial capital. Our top stories and themes for the day Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella says they will train 2 million Indians in artificial intelligence in a year. Global shares hit highs, India's kids, and China sacks its markets regulator. India will be the largest driver of global oil demand growth in the next seven years, says the International Energy Agency. How energy transition demand will drive up copper prices sharply, the India angle. And why India is going bananas with Russia. This is a core report with Govindraj Ethiraj. Global stocks rise, India pulls back. Global shares hit their highest in over two years on Wednesday thanks to strong earnings and of course continuing expectations that interest rates will remain where they are now for some time. On Wednesday, the MSCI All World Index rose about 0.1% to reach its highest since mid-Jan 2022 thanks partly to a rally in Chinese blue chips which have gained almost 5% in the last two trading days alone, according to Reuters. Back home, the stock markets gave up early gains and swung before sliding down. The BAC Sensex eventually settled at 72,152, down 34 points, while the Nifty 50 ended at 21,931, up one point. Yes, you heard that right, just one point up, one of the flattest markets in a while. Elsewhere in the region, China has announced further curbs on short selling, while state investors said they were expanding their stock buying plans. Meanwhile, in an unusual move, because market regulators manage market safety and integrity and not prices, China replaced the head of its securities regulator. Bloomberg reported that Wu Qing, a banking and regulation veteran who earned the reputation as the broker butcher when he led a crackdown on traders in the mid-2000s, is replacing Yi Huiman as chairman and party chief of the China Securities Regulatory Commission, according to the official Xinhua News Agency. Some $5 trillion of market value have been wiped out from onshore equities from their peak in 2021. And this obviously is providing fuel to policymakers to do more as China enters the week-long Lunar New Year holiday. As we spoke yesterday in the core report, many long-term and large investors are switching from China to India. In the United States, Federal Reserve Presidents Loretta Mester and Neil Kashkari acknowledged the progress on inflation but indicated there was more work to do before policy was eased, or put quite simply, interest rates would be cut. The probability of a United States rate cut as early as May now stands at just 39% when it was considered a done deal just a week ago, according to Reuters. Back home, the rupee strengthened on Wednesday thanks to a drop in US bond yields, which also helped lift other Asian currencies. The rupee was just under 83 rupees against the US dollar on Wednesday. India to be the biggest oil demand driver. India is said to be the largest driver of global oil demand growth in the next seven years to 2030, overtaking China narrowly, the International Energy Agency said on Wednesday. India is the world's third largest oil importer and consumer and is on track to post an oil demand increase of almost 1.2 million barrels per day between 2023 and 2030, the IEA said in a report released at the India Energy Week in Goa, according to Reuters. The agency has forecast that India's demand would reach about 6.6 million barrels per day in 2030, and that's up from about 5.5 million barrels per day right now. 
The IEA said that India will become the largest source of global oil demand growth between now and 2030, while growth in developed economies and China initially slows and then subsequently goes into reverse, according to their outlook. Diesel fuel will be the single largest basis of India's oil consumption, representing more than one-sixth of total global oil demand growth through this same period, that's the next seven years. Jet fuel is poised to grow about 6% annually on average, but this will be from a low base compared to other countries the agency said. Internationally, the IEA is also projecting that the electrification of India's vehicle fleet will lead to a more muted 0.7% or less than a percent annual growth average through 2030 for gasoline. New electric vehicles and energy efficiency improvements in India will avoid almost 480,000 barrels per day of extra demand from now till that same year of 2030. G. Krishna Kumar, the chairman of state-run refiner Bharat Petroleum, said that petrochemical demand for the company will also be a factor in India's oil consumption increase as demand growth for petrochemicals is directly proportional to the gross domestic product of the country. The IEA report estimates that India's oil inventories are at 243 million barrels with 26 million barrels held at strategic petroleum reserve sites while the rest are industry stocks, according to Reuters. This equates to 66 days of net imports based on IEA methodology and India's oil import requirements will rise rapidly towards 2030 and beyond. The energy segment of the core report was supported by India Energy Week underway in Goa. For more details, log on to www.indiaenergyweek.com. Nestle misses profit estimates. Consumer products major Nestle India on Wednesday reported an increase of about 4.3% in net profits at about 655 crores for the quarter ended December 31st, but missed estimates. Nestle India chairman Suresh Narayanan said that domestic sales grew about 9% on the back of pricing and mixed growth, with strong growth momentum in e-commerce and out-of-home channels. Earlier, Nestle, which followed the Jan to December financial year, had approved the change of financial year commencing on April 1st and ending on March 31st the next year. Interestingly, e-commerce contributed to about 7% of domestic sales for Nestle this quarter. For calendar year 2023, overall sales rose about 13% to cross 19,000 crore rupees. As categories go, beverages grew in double digits. Nescafe, the coffee brand, gained significant market share, going by what Nestle says. Milk and nutrition products also grew in double digits, while confectionery, a key growth driver, which is KitKat and Munch, also grew well, according to the company. Satya Nadella says, Microsoft will train 2 million Indians and makes an AI pitch to Indian CEOs. Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella said yesterday in Mumbai that India has an unprecedented opportunity to drive economic growth by capitalizing on artificial intelligence's promise. AI is really in the air now, he said during a keynote speech at the Microsoft CEO Connection event, which hosted industry leaders in Mumbai. He said that he had never seen a rate of diffusion of any technology like this in the 70-year-long computer age. He said Microsoft will help train 2 million people in India with AI skills by 2025. According to him, this new capability, that's AI, would have an impact on GDP. Microsoft, as I guess we know, has been at the forefront of driving adoption of AI and commercializing the technology through various software offerings. The Redmond, Washington-based software giant has invested more than $10 billion in OpenAI, the company behind ChatGPT, and works with the startup on new products and services, said Bloomberg. 
India, by the way, has more than 5 million programmers at this point. And Satya Nadella said that the AI engineering community in India is second only to the United States. He also highlighted how Microsoft Copilot, along with the company's other AI solutions, were driving measurable productivity gains for people and organizations by helping them to complete work faster and with better quality. For instance, he said that recent research on early users of Copilot for Microsoft 365 found that they were almost 30% faster in a series of tasks, including searching, writing, and summarizing. Many organizations in India are already boosting productivity and acceleration innovation using Copilot for Microsoft 365 and GitHub Copilot, he claimed. And these organizations include Access Bank, Infosys, HCL Tech, and LT Mindtree. While companies like ITC, Arvind, Denim and Air India are using Azure OpenAI services. ITC has built a chatbot called Krishi Mitra for farmers using Microsoft's voice-to-text technology, while Air India has deployed a generative AI virtual agent called AI.G, which has apparently answered over half a million consumer queries since its launch in March 2023 and manages over 6,000 queries a day in four languages. Nadella has now completed 10 years at the top in Microsoft and has presided over a 1,000% stock run in the last decade, pushing it past Apple Inc. right now to become the most valuable company in the world, Bloomberg computed. India braces for massive copper demand. The good news is that energy transition to renewables is picking up pace. The not-so-good news is that this will drive copper prices to new highs in coming years. Copper provides superior electrical conductivity and is a key input in the manufacture of electric vehicles, storage systems and batteries, solar panels and wind turbines, and of course buildings and homes, of which India is seeing unprecedented fresh supply across the country and of course demand. Analysts are now forecasting a copper supply-demand deficit of almost 35,000 metric tons this year compared to an expected surplus of 302,000 tons in the previous poll in October, according to Reuters. CNBC quoted Goldman Sachs analysts saying that the copper market is entering a period of much clearer tightening and predicting copper prices hitting $10,000 a ton within the year and much higher the next year, that's 2025. Two countries, Chile and Peru, have high reserves of green transition minerals such as lithium and copper and are obviously both poised to benefit from increased investment and higher export demand. Chile, by the way, has about 21% of global copper reserves, according to CNBC. Copper ores are extracted from the earth and then converted into copper concentrates from which they are sent to smelters to be purified into refined copper, which sets the benchmark LME price. Now, smelters obviously are not something that environmentalists and green activists like, but we'll come to that in a moment. But to get a sense on how it was looking from an India perspective, I spoke with Kunal Shah, keen copper tracker and head of commodities research at brokerage Nirmal Bang, and I began by asking him how he was anticipating demand in the coming year. First, let us talk from the Indian perspective. Like you pointed out, in India, a lot of new capacities are coming. The way our energy transition is going on right now, our country is going to need a lot of copper. And India is going to be the number one demand growth driver in the global copper market. So today, the structure of global copper market stands at the size of market is almost 27 million tons. Out of that 27 million tons, more than 13 and a half billion tons is consumed by China. And India is standing at a very minuscule consumption, which stands at around 1.4 million ton, 1.5 million ton. But the story is about to change. For the next five years, India's copper demand is going to grow at a double-digit growth rate. And it is the only country in the next two years 
which is going to come up with at least 20 to 25 percent demand growth. So in next five years, we are expecting India's copper consumption to rise from 1.5 million ton to 3 million tons. So humongous addition in demand at the time when China's economy is slowing down. So earlier the concern was if India, you know, starts aggressively buying copper and China is also doing very well, then what will happen to copper prices? So thankfully, China slowing down at a time when India growing at an exponential rate is like a boon for copper market and for country like India. This is the time when China's demand growth is not going to be even 2%, okay? China's copper demand will not rise from this humongous base, not even by 2%, and Indian demand will rise conservatively by 10% every year. And perhaps in next two years, I'm expecting the way the electrification drive is going on in our country, the way the new power capacity from the renewable front, from the traditional front, the way we are expanding and the way our size of economy is expanding, we are going to consume at least 25% more than what we used to consume in 2021-2022. So this is the time where the supply side is relatively tighter from the concentrate point of view. The refined copper market is having a huge supply and there is a glut in China. Recently, Chinese smelters have been shutting down their production and because of that, we are seeing a tightness in the copper market even on the refined front. So the market is pretty tight right now, but because of the higher monetary conditions in the US and the Western part of the world is pretty tight, we are not seeing the prices are not able to move up. But once we see a reversal in the interest rate cut or the reversal in the financial conditions start getting relaxed, then we are going to see a sharp up move in prices of copper. You said we are at 1.5 million tons of demand expected to go to about 3 million tons in the next few years. Now, how much of this is being produced locally? How much are we importing? How is that looking? We are not even producing uh, half a million tons and this number is about to change. We have to depend on imports. Now, with the government emphasis on the mining exploration, I think in next coming years, we are going to see a lot of new copper mines going to come up. New, More and more exploration is going to come up. I think the stage is set for the new mining search. And I think in next, say, two to three years, we are going to see Indian copper production also going to rise by almost 50 to 60 percent going forward from where it is right now. So, so to produce copper efficiently in the form that it's finally consumed by, let's say, cable companies or electric cars or so on, we have to mine locally, right? We cannot import the concentrate or how does the economics work there? So the economics is uh, pretty simple. So for example, like in India, Hindustan Copper is producing copper concentrate and they are selling it to say Vedanta or Hindalco. They refine it and sell the final product that is refined copper, which is used by the extrusion people or by the end users. So this is how the economy, but right now we have a good number of refiners, refining capacity is also going to expand and the exploration because the key is the ore. So what is happening with the global copper mines the more and more they are digging, okay, it is very difficult for them to find copper. So the global concentrate market is very tight, but China have added a lot of refining capacity in their market and their real estate market is now slowing down. So now finally, China is reducing, they have given a statement last week that they are going to cut the capacities of refined copper. So now both markets are going to be tight after three, four months. There will be a tightness felt in the concentrate market, which is already tight because a few big mines have closed, 
lot of mines are getting exhausted also. And now the refined, because China is also reducing their copper production of refined copper, even that market will be tighter. So this is a scenario where India have to, in order to meet the energy requirement, India have to produce more copper. We need to have more mines who are producing more and more concentrates. And we need to have more and more smelting for that ore and giving the final output. Obviously, the one reason this is not happening, when I say this, I mean production, and is really environmental concerns. So is that something you feel India is in a position to, let's say, manage or will we have to depend more on imports? So the moment you are doing more and more mining, okay, you are going to pollute more and more. There is no second thought in it. But there are efficient ways of mining. There are new technologies which have emerged, which is causing lesser emission. India doesn't have a choice as far as the emission part is concerned. In order to grow, we will lead to it will lead to more emission, no doubt about it. But on a longer term basis, it is definitely going to give a support to economy. So yes, it will not reduce our problem of emissions, but we are left with no choice but to go on with it. Kunal, thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. India goes bananas with Russia. Russia has begun buying bananas from India and will boost such imports, its food safety watchdog said on Tuesday, after Russia fought with its biggest supplier, Ecuador, over the latter's decision to swap Russian-made military hardware with the United States, Reuters reported. The first batch of bananas from India was shipped to Russia in January already, and the next is planned for the end of this month, Russian watchdog Rossel Koznadzdor said, adding that the volume of exports of Indian bananas to the Russian market will increase. The suspicions came after Moscow condemned a pact under which Ecuador will hand over Russian-made military hardware dubbed by Ecuador as Ukrainian and Russian scrap metal to the United States in exchange for advanced US equipment worth $200 million. Russia was the largest importer of Ecuadorian bananas in 2022 and Ecuador supplied nearly 25% of its yearly banana exports to Russia prior to the 2022 invasion of Ukraine. India is a major banana producer and has apparently expressed interest in supplying other fruits such as mangoes, pineapples, papaya and guava to the Russian market. India is a major banana producer and has apparently also expressed interest in supplying other fruits such as mangoes, pineapples, papaya and guava to the Russian market, Rossel Koz Nadzor said. On that note of distributing fruits and hopefully joy to the rest of the world, that's it from me for today. See you tomorrow. That was The Core Report with me, Govindraj Ethiraj. Do stay connected with more of our coverage at The Core. You can check out our website or sign up to our newsletter for our exclusive stories, one in-depth feature a day on www.thecore.in. Do also track us on LinkedIn, where we usually post synopses or extracts of our top stories and interviews. We would love your feedback on how we can make business more interesting and relevant, including, of course, India's vibrant manufacturing sector. So write to us at feedback at the core.in. And thank you once again for listening. <laughs>